Texas Franchise Radio. You ready? Let's go. Uh, Robbie and Josh going live and it's time to hit the road. You were tuned in to Texas Franchise Radio. Oh, you're in the business. Well, this is what you need. Repping Texas, they professionals up in the industry. What we talking about? We talking business. Mind. All right. What's and up, Texas Franchise Radio? It's your co-host, Robbie Marlowe here with... All right, and we also got a great guest today, uh, Mr. Jackie Battle. How's it going? Thanks for having me. All right, guys. As you know, with Texas Franchise Radio, we try to go after three groups, and we try to educate three groups, or we we look to, and then one's going to be the business owners looking to scale their business through franchising. The next one's going to be people looking to invest into a franchise, and the third one, uh, people who already invest into a franchise system and just looking for tips, tricks, or looking to uh, just information they can pull out of the show. Uh, so today we have um, Jackie joining us, and Jackie actually owns a franchise here in the Houston area. In the Woodlands. Yep. In the Woodlands. And we're going to obviously hit on some of that, but also we wanted to talk a little bit about, honestly, changing careers. When you pivot, you, a lot of times in franchising, you have people that come from the corporate world or the professional world, and they're looking for something different. And a lot of times, and me and Josh just had a conversation, what brought it up is me and him were talking about it, was we just had somebody fly down, and when she was looking into a franchise, she was looking to what she was doing. So she was looking at like a project management franchise. And she, after dealing with a broker and talking about it, she realized that it wasn't what she wanted to do. She actually enjoyed fitness and somehow <laughs> found Delta Life Fitness. Uh, but I think we wanted to get some clarity. I just wanted to talk to Josh and, and Jackie about it and just kind of what people, if when, when, somebody right now that's looking to get into a franchise, and it's, it's something we all fall into. You know, I come from the engineering world. And if you'd asked me when I started, Am I going to end up in women's fitness or engineering? God, I probably told you engineering. And when I was looking at a franchise, that's probably what I've been looking for. But this so happened, you know, fell in love with fitness and ended up getting there into fitness. But um, I guess, Josh, you know, you come from the Marine Corps being a pilot. like Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. With, with franchising, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not something you go to school for. Like, how many of us know, like, you go to a high school and you're like, okay, kids, how many people want to graduate high school, go to college, get an MBA? and then come out and open a franchise. Not many. You're, you're the only one I know. <laughs> uh, Robbie's the only person I knew that, that wanted to do that. I mean, he literally, we, in, 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 when he was a teenager, he carried around, like, the franchise, like, the list of franchise books in his car. <laughs> but, like, you know, I knew a lot of people, and that was the only human I knew. I, I didn't even know what a franchise was, yeah. right? Like, I thought McDonald's was a big corporation. You know, I didn't know that was some local owner there for franchising. So it yeah. is interesting. So what, what is the path? To getting it, you know, when you so normally it's people who've done a whole career, either a professional career like you, Jackie, or uh, yeah, after being a pilot in the Marine Corps like myself, or coming from engineering, it's usually uh, a second life item that yeah. you fall into is, is franchising. Yep. And yeah, like you said about Alicia, the girl from Chicago, and that's why I know on this show and this episode specifically, we want to talk a lot about that. Uh, you know, what 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 does how does that transition from your professional or career? Uh, look going into doing something for yourself. And that, that's the greatest thing about franchising is that you get to build an asset for yourself. You're getting to go out and be adventurous and be an entrepreneur, but you're going into business for yourself, but not by yourself. And that's, that's the beauty of franchising, but franchising only works if you find the one, the right franchise, Exactly. which begs the question, what in like when we brought on the franchise broker a couple months ago, Todd, uh, he said the number one thing, he's a franchise broker. So people come to him and say, hey, uh, Todd, I'd like to open a franchise. Give me What's the best one? Well, the answer is the best one's whichever one's the best fit, fit for you. Yeah, it's got to <laughs> fit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Jackie, I know when we get yeah. in the middle section here, we're going to talk a lot about why uh, philanthropy made sense for you because of the mission that you're so passionate about. But you do. I mean, there's a lot of different things. you got to have the passion for the product. Uh, there's a lot of things to go into finding the right one. So hopefully – uh, as we spend the next 40 minutes here discussing that, hopefully all the listeners, we can give them a really good insight into if you're in your corporate world or your professional world and you're looking to make the leap into franchising, uh, hopefully at least give you enough information to start asking um, the right questions. So, Robbie, when you when you were – how did you even know that that was an option so young? And what were the steps – like when you had those magazines and stuff, what were you – and I know it was like a family thing. You and your dad were kind of looking at them. What was going through your head? Yeah, um, I mean – when I was a kid, I just wanted to be—I wanted to be a business owner. You know, um, comment my dad told me was like, "Hey, if you wanna, uh, you wanna make it, be the guy that writes the checks, don't be the guy that just cashes them." And it always stuck with me. I was a kid, and it always stuck with me. So I was like, "Okay, how do I do that?" Well, I'm a kid. I don't know anything about business. I don't know anything about making a product. 
what's the easiest way to find out? Well, buy a franchise, get a playbook from somebody else. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how, but I just remember, I remember riding around in my truck and was like, I was interested. And I was telling everybody, and they're like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, <laughs> go go chase girls, big kid. Like, what are you talking to me about McDonald's franchises for? <laughs> um, but uh, it was just something that, um, you know, and everybody knows starting a business or pivoting from a career or taking a chance um, it, it's, it's a lot easier, one, if you have a business partner to, to do it with you. Um, you know, me, Josh, our spouses, we jumped in it together, and it, it took a little bit of the risk away because you have somebody to lean on. And then I think part of me was comfortable looking into a franchise because I felt like, naturally, that would be my business partner. And now being in franchising, I realize that oh, it's not customers. We're not – when we bring a franchise partner, uh, franchise on, they're not our customers. They're our partners. And when they – and I guess at a young age, it made me feel more comfortable going into the franchise because I realized – somehow that I was going in with a partner and they would help me be successful and fill the holes that I didn't know. That's so good. We've had so many great guests on this show and we've been listening to a lot of great franchise podcasts that are out there. And the franchise industry really is uh, one of the most American things ever, right? Cause you yeah. can grab market share, you can expand rapidly and you do have that partnership. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also, there's some natural things that go along with that. And we talked about, uh, you know, just the evolution of a franchisee. And I do highly recommend now that we've been in this world, if you're going to go into a franchise, go through a broker, right? Because it's Absolutely. just, they, they do the personality tests on you. They do, they do a really good job. The good ones, they do a really good job of really dragging out of you, like what you're most passionate about. I mean, that's what happened with our, our gallop in Chicago. She yeah. went to them and she, like what Robbie said, she had been in project management for 20 years. So she just assumed these are my strengths. Uh, she went to the broker and said, yeah, I'm looking for a, a franchise and project management. And he's like, well, <clears throat> let's do some personality tests and let's find out like what you're actually passionate about and what, and where your strengths are and what your weakness she, turns out. She's great at sales, marketing, running a team, everything. And she goes <laughs> and she goes to orange theory fitness, like six days a week and super passionate about it. And Perfect fit. Yeah. And, and, so, <laughs> and so the broker was like, Hey, you know, you can do something you enjoy. Like as long as your skills match the skills that are going to allow you to be successful in that franchise, like, Let's pick one that's going to be, you know, a great fit for you. And so that's, I think the first step is you got to go through a broker. I mean, I don't know why you would. Yeah, I mean, you're, it doesn't cost you anything. No, it don't cost you anything. It costs the franchise or something, which yeah. we're fine with. Because we're willing to pay for it. Exactly. I think you don't because a lot of people don't know about a broker. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. I didn't. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you think about it, if you're about to go into business, I mean, one, how much time do you spend at your store running the store, understanding it? I mean, you want to make sure that you're, you're uncovering every rock. You're looking at every possibility to make sure that, one, you can get one that fits your personality. And, two, you got somebody that's been doing multiple deals. They know what questions to ask you to try to get down and find out what is a good fit for you. And so, I mean, through the progress, I know if, just from what I've learned, and hopefully it makes sense to any listeners that are out there, uh, if I would have started looking at a franchise before I had all the experience in the franchise industry like I do now, I probably would have only went on historical store performance data, right? Yep. I would have only wanted – you to show me all the data on how all the stores before me have been successful. Now I realize it could be the most successful brand in the world, one that's been around for a million years. You use McDonald's, it's so iconic, right? Mm -hmm. I, I actually don't think I could be very successful in McDonald's. I don't know anything about <laughs> running a food restaurant. I don't. Like, I, I can work hard and I can learn, but I understand membership models very well. Yeah. If I understand the concept, you could show me uh, a franchise that has two units. But when I go into it now, I would look at what do I think I can do with it? Like, yeah. do I do I think mine and Kristen's strengths align with that brand? And what do I think I could do with it? Now, there's still some good validation questions I have to make. I have to go check and see if the product is well received mm -hmm. by the consumers and stuff. But I would just approach it so much differently than I would have 10 years ago where I would have back then I would have only wanted. And that just doesn't matter. Right. Because some of the highest performing people in the McDonald's change Maybe before that, they were 15-year food operators, and they understand food. I don't know anything about food. It scares the crap out of me. I would be a horrible food franchisee, but membership model, I can crush that. You know, so Yeah. If you ever catch me off the radio show, you can ask me about my uh, fast food experience. I'll let you know. It's like the <laughs> <laughs> Robbie found out it is not for you. I found him. out at a young age I really didn't like uh, food industry, and, and I wasn't cut out for it, but I'm not going to say it here. But uh, No, that's a great point, and then also – when you most likely you're going to sign up with a brand, you do a discover the brand, you do a discovery day, and you go and meet the leadership team. And probably what sold you on your franchise was the leadership team there and what they believed in no and doubt. the culture internally. Yeah. And I, and I look at a lot of businesses and me and Josh, we have a certain culture that we have. And when you see our franchisees, you really see that culture bleed through. We're, we got 
kids, we're family men, we work with our wives. Like we hold those values uh, greatly for us. But you look at other fitness brands and some of them, I'm not saying they don't, but they... They're just different. Yeah, they're different. You know. It's not one's better than the other. We talk exactly. about this all the time. There's some fitness brands that they're all like, they're younger, like got the big muscle t-shirts, yep. flat, brim, <laughs> yeah. flat brim hats. And, and for 22-year-old couples, that is a great culture. Exactly. And you're going to have a lot of fun with them. If you're that culture, you're probably not going to have fun with our leadership team. Because we're, like you said, we got five <laughs> kids between the two families. Like, Surprise, Ryan's not here with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're in, we're in our 30s. Like, that's just our culture. Our culture is family and culture. So, and that's one thing we heard from uh, Jim Rudolph, who is a guy who has mm-hmm. an extreme amount of uh, – he made, like, the, the, the Wendy's Hall of Fame. Yeah, he was on the Wendy's Hall of Fame. I mean, he's a very interesting story. Uh, and he, he said something that stuck out to both of us. He said, you know, he's he, – He's, he went through the Wendy's system. He had a, a lot of Wendy's. He, and then he created uh, the franchise system, Rita's. So he's been on the franchise Z side, franchise E. He's been on the franchise or side. He's been in franchising for like 120 years, right, Jim Rudolph. <laughs> and really brilliant guy. And he said, one thing I can tell you about every single franchise is that the concept is going to change. Like, it's just going to change. It has to, right? Like, we've heard stories from people that we've made friends with now talking about uh, when they owned the first burger chain stores for Hardee's and they mm-hmm. wanted to come in and tell them they need to put a drive-thru in. And all the franchisees were like, you want me to spend all this money to put a drive-thru in? Like, the concepts have to change yeah, and evolve, yeah. right? And so the, since the concepts are going to change, what Jim talks about is the only way you can – you can't just buy into and believe in the concept. Sure, that's important, but it's going to change. What's always never going to change is what he says is the leadership team that's there. And if you can't trust them and respect them, and by the way, they have to trust and respect yep. you yep. back. That has to go two ways. If you don't trust them and respect them, that at least they're trying to have a vision and look at where the industry needs to go and they're pushing out the right changes. Unless you can trust them and follow the systems they're pushing down, you really need to have an honest talk with yourself and either get out of the system or if you haven't joined that system, don't go into it. If, if you like, man, I really don't, I don't think that guy sees the industry right, but where the concept is now, I'm okay with it, so I'll jump in. Don't do it. You know, dear franchisee, just don't, <laughs> just don't do it. You have to believe in and trust the leadership team because, like Jim Rudolph said, after years of doing it, he knows he can guarantee you one thing about every franchise system. It's going to change, period. Yeah, no, absolutely. And he, he was very early on in the Wendy system, a lot of ups and downs. And if you listen to him and the way he talked about it, he believed in Wendy's and what – their mission and what they were doing there. And he went through a lot of rough times, but you know, at the end of the day, he went through it and was in the hall of fame. So congratulations, wow. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he even said, he even said, he's like, there was times where all of us in the Wendy system, a good amount of us were losing money. He's like, and the other franchisees would come to me and be like, Hey, should we jump? He's like, he's like, you can. And he's like, and I will not think less of you. He's like, if you've lost faith or if you don't believe in what's his name, Dave Thomas, Dave Thomas he's like, yeah. if you don't believe in Dave Thomas and where they're taking this thing, then you probably should. But for right now, me, I still believe in the leadership team. I believe they're going to figure this out. When they say jump, I'm going to ask how high I'm going to hang in here. Uh, and, and then he carried that on when he became a franchisor. He understood then how to bring in people that he respected um, and looked up to, and, and they had to have it back the other way. Because it, it is a it is a 100% partnership. And one of the best things about what we talk about, so you go through the phases of a franchisee. Mm-hmm. You first come in, and we, we heard somebody else explain this too. Uh, franchising is, uh, he, he explained it like kids and parents, right? Like when you first come in, you're a newborn, and you've never been in this industry, and you need everything from the franchise or everything. Yeah, like, yeah. like, right? Like, they're, like they're they're changing your diaper, they're making your bottle yeah. for you. Like, your whole life depends on them. Yeah. But then you start growing up, right? And you hit those teenage, years. and so those royalty checks go out the window, no problem. You don't mind paying the franchise or. But then you hit the teenage years, and you're like, you get rebellious. Yeah, <laughs> you want to do things your way. You know, and like, why do I need them anyway? And then, yeah. man, and then man, them royalty checks start stinging because yeah. why am I paying them? Like, I want to do it my way anyway. Uh, and then he talks about, but usually then you grow up, both of you, by the way, and the franchise or goes through the same stages, but then all of a sudden the teenager, you know, grows up, gets a family of his own, like, oh man, they did do so much for me, you yeah. know, and then they remember. So <laughs> knowing the franchisees are going to go through that cycle, uh, it's, it's important to continue to build and let them know that it is a partnership. Like, Hey, uh, one of the best things I've ever heard about royalties is the way they said, oh, yeah. and this is the best thing I've ever heard. If you ever get to where those royalties start to hurt and you're wondering, uh, we heard a guy who owns a couple of orange theories say this. Yeah. Uh, he said that, you know, he does have to pay his royalties. He's like, and he knows guys and friends of his that own fitness businesses that are not in a system. And he's like, I know they're staying up later than me, working harder than me, doing 
other things that I don't have to worry about. Yeah. They're looking at the industry. They're doing that for me. They're coming up with better systems. They're pushing them down. Sometimes they don't work. Sometimes they do. But at least I have somebody looking at that for me. Like, I'm not having to spend my, you know, 8 to 6 in the morning thinking about where the industry is going. So he said, you know, he's like, for me, if my royalties cost me less than I can pay another one more full-time employee, I know I'm getting at least the work out of one there full-time go, yep. employee. So, and I thought that like that'll help me if I ever. Because oh, yeah. now I've just fell in love with franchising, so I'm a franchisor right now. But I'll probably end up being a franchisee of some system in the future, maybe create another concept in the future. And so now I just I kind of understand the whole process a lot better, uh, and it'll help me write those royalty checks because I'll just know like, and and I'll and I'll only do it from now on if I trust in the team and where oh, yeah. they're going. And then if I if I buy into them and say, okay, Jackie comes out with a model tomorrow. If I believe in Jackie and Christine and I say, hey, I'm going to b- believe in you guys, I'm going to know going into it that I only need to come into your system. If, if you say jump, I need to say how high <laughs> and yeah. listen to what you're saying. And, and now if I jump and it didn't work the way it was supposed to, I owe you the feedback. Hey, Jackie, I'm trying. I'm doing everything you said, but it's not working. But anyway, it's just the evolution and give and yeah. take of the partnership mm-hmm. that should be a franchise system. And I think, you know, the feedback loop, like if you're not doing in the way they're they're advising you to do, they can't make it better. And that's, you know, especially early on when you're an emerging franchise, when you're young and you're getting, and the guys that come on are pioneers. They're guys that are, hey, all the risk, give it to me because I'm your first location. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm you owe them all everything. about that. I know yeah. all about you that. You owe them everything. Pioneers <laughs> yeah. are great. Exactly. So They're taking arrows, man. <laughs> yeah, they're taking arrows, and there's a lot of mistakes as the franchise or make the franchise even make, and sometimes that relationship, there's, there's some mistrust. And I think that, you know, comes back to, hey, the partnership part of it and treating them like partners, yeah. you know, especially young franchise franchisors and young franchisees. We all make mistakes. That's one being forgivable. And, but I think if you believe in the leadership team, meet them, believe in the culture, I think there's things you can work through. And that's things we had to evolve as being the franchisor. I mean, now, oh, you know, back in the day, it was no, our way is 100% <laughs> right. Now we know like, Hey, this, this might not be the, like we, we, we processed an issue on Sunday about mm-hmm. cross regional checking and stuff. And we said, Hey, that might not be the best, but, we owe to go to the franchisees and say, hey, we've made a decision. Here's what we think will work the best. It's probably not going to be the end answer. So here's what we'd like to try. Mm-hmm. Get it out to the franchisees. Let them battle test it and send us the feedback, and then we'll continue to improve it and make it better. Right? Yeah, so that's kind of what we're going through a little bit. We're a very young franchise. <laughs> so yeah, I only think the, two units, right? The only two of us. Okay. And I think the biggest thing for us that helps us is we have to realize that our franchisor is new to this too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really helping us kind yeah. of show her grace. Yeah. Because this is all new to her as well. Yeah, <laughs> she's, the she's first dealing with yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, she's she's dealing with a lot. So so I'm, we're going through the exact same thing. Well, know that, uh, and I'm sure she knows this, but she can't do it without you. She can't do it without your feedback, the feedback loop, like Robbie was saying. And you always, I mean, we'll always, no matter where Dell's life goes in the future, we're always going to have a, a a heart in our for oh, me and Robbie absolutely. for you know the Derek Mosses of the world, the Bobby, the Melissas. Uh, the Kristas, the Kevin and Jessica's, like all of our pioneers that yep. took those and, and helped us. Because, you know, we get asked all the time, like, man, how'd you guys come up with Dell's Life? We didn't, right? Like, you yep. should have seen the version Robbie and I came up with a decade ago. <laughs> it was horrible, right? Like, what Dell's Life is today has come from those those partners we've had along the way, giving us feedback yeah. and helping us make it better and serve our clients better. Y'all know a good internet scrubber that can get those old logos off? You know, <laughs> I think you can still Google it and see them. You know, that'd be it's great. It's funny, before the show started, Jackie today was talking about, like, well, our franchise source have to go through a bit of a rebrand. Ask our poor franchisees. We've we've rebranded. I think we have a winner now. But yeah. I told Robbie the other day we have a I have a sleeve of like five thousand business cards, and I, I just got to the end of them. And this is the first time I've got to an end of uh, business cards before we've had to change the we logo. Changed the logo. <laughs> yeah. so. so I don't know what that says uh, about us or the system, but. Uh, all right, we're about to start wrapping it up here, and we'll kick it over to commercial. Robbie, you got two seconds. Give us your give us your two minute most. <laughs> you got two seconds or two minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your number one best tip to somebody in a corporate job right now listening to us that might want to consider franchising? What's step number one? Step number one is take action, and what I mean by take action is because everybody's going to sit and think about doing something, and the more you think about doing it, <laughs> what that mean? Well, you're not going to do it. You'll talk yourself out of it. Exactly. You're <laughs> yeah. going to find every reason why it's not going to work. So if if you had to take the first, the first action right now is go and find you a franchise broker and start talking to them. Awesome. And just, just have a discussion with them. Don't It's non-committal. Just have a discussion and start exploring franchising as an option to get out of your corporate job. And know that it's a long process. If exactly. you go, If you go to the right franchise or we've never rushed anybody into it. I mean, yeah. from discovery to signing, from the day you have that first conversation mm-hmm. with your broker to signing a franchise agreement, 
probably six months, and that's okay. Yeah, and, that, and that's probably pretty quick. If if you're if, if you take this advice tomorrow and you take action and you're signing a one in three days, you did it wrong. <laughs> yeah. so, On a lot of levels. A little too much action, but. <laughs> Jackie, any tip for somebody sitting in a corporate job right now? What's the first step? Um, Just make sure the fit is right. You hit on it. Yeah. You got to make sure the fit is right. Awesome. I agree with both of those. Find a broker. Start doing some internal looking. See if it fits. We're going to kick it over to a break, and we'll be right back. Uh, Robbie and Josh going live, and it's time to hit the road. You were tuned in to Texas Franchise Radio. Oh, you're in the business. Well, this is- hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Saul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vice with Soul, Miss C.C. Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurance. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look at the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. Texas Franchise Radio. You ready? Let's go. Uh, Robbie and Josh going live, and it's time to hit the road. You were tuned in to Texas Franchise What's up, Radio. Conroe, Texas? All right, welcome back to Texas Franchise Radio, our March edition with uh, Jackie Battle and Robin Marlowe and Josh Cherry. Hey, I just want to give you guys a shout-out. I know the last couple of months we've been talking about the available territories here in the area. We had a big discovery day. We had people fly in from all over. Uh, I think it's all thanks to our two listeners of Texas Franchise Radio. <laughs> Texas Franchise uh, Nation. But I think we sold almost, I think we sold every single available territory that we had here uh, in the last in the last two months to include uh, Conroe. Of all, oh, we, we didn't even tell Conroe. We've officially signed. <laughs> Congratulations, Conroe. You're getting a Delta Life Fitness. So uh, that's coming your way. Delta Life Fitness built for women, 30-minute classes and childcare, boutique fitness training studio. Uh, we've also got uh, a couple others on this little territory map coming and a couple more uh, that weren't even on this map. So thank you. Thank you to everybody for helping us get the word out there. Really appreciate it. Uh, all right. Now we get to dive into the good part. Yeah. We get to talk about our guest. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jackie, where do we start? Where do we start on, on your journey here? I know you're a, you're a local guy, right? And, yeah, I'm from uh, Humble, from Humble, Texas, and uh, have been here pretty much my whole life. Besides awesome. the fact of playing football for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you go? Uh, I, I know we got it here, but tell us about uh, tell us about call. Uh, tell us a little bit about playing football in high school and then the transition to college. Okay, well, in high school, you know, I wasn't a highly recruited guy. I played one year of varsity football. Oh wow! I, mean, I wasn't a guy that got moved up when you were a freshman mm-hmm. or a sophomore, or junior. But I I had a growth spurt. I was a little guy, 5'8", 130 pounds, and then. Um, that was in my junior year, and by the time I was a senior, I, ended up, I sprouted up to six two, no two twenty five. Yeah, man, my son's gonna love that. Story. <laughs> so you're saying I got a chance here, or what? I got so a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, so I played the one year senior of varsity football, and uh, I got recruited by a few schools. I had a couple <laughs> offers from a couple D one schools, and I decided to stay home. Um, really close with my family. I mean, I was raised by my mom and three brothers, so. Staying home was a big deal, just so they can come and see my games and and, yeah. and be able to be that support system that 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 was there for me the whole time. And then um, almost the same story. Once I went on to U of H, um, I wasn't a starter at U of H the whole time, pretty much. Um, I was a backup, short yardage back, played a little fullback, little tailback. Okay. And then um, I wasn't I wasn't I was undrafted. What got me into the NFL was I had a my pro day numbers, which is kind of like the test 
Mm-hmm. Um, my pro day numbers were kind of off the charts, and that's what kind of got NFL teams looking at me. Um, so I was, I was about 250 pounds. I dropped down to 238, and I ran a 4440. So that kind of like opened up a lot of the NFL teams like, okay, maybe we can, this guy may not be a starter or has got that, got that much experience in college, but we can make something happen. We can work with him. Mm-hmm. Wikipedia confirms that. <laughs> four, 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 40 at 235. That's incredible. So what you, so talk to us about that. What, did you have to do anything special to prepare for that pro day oh, to yeah, get ready? Or yeah. I knew that, that was, look like? I knew that was my only shot. I mean, oh, wow. no, no teams were interested in me as far as college goes. I wasn't even starting, starting running back for U of H. Yeah. So, um, I, I went out to Florida and trained out there. I wanted to get away from all distractions. I got away from my family, got away from friends. I wanted to be 100% focused on that pro day. I didn't want anything to distract me. So I went out there, and um, I was naturally gifted as far as speed and strength and all this stuff. It was technique that I had to work on. So I go out there, and I run my first 40. I ran like a 4.5, but a couple of technique things, before you know it, I was down to a 4.4. No kidding. Low 4.4s. Um, but it was just getting my mind clear and mentally focused for that pro day and, and just focusing on that alone. And then I went out on my pro day and had unbelievable numbers. And I had a bunch of different opportunities from different teams. I went undrafted, but once the draft ended, I had a number of teams calling to bring me in um, for training camp. So tell me about that real quick. So when you went to Florida, did you have to go and pay for coaching and all that? Like My agent paid for that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, a lot of people like in business or whatever, whatever goal they have, uh, mm-hmm. they know that you, you just said it. Like you knew staying in your current routine, doing your same thing with just Jackie wasn't going to get you there. You had to break out of your current element and go invest into some kind of, you know, training and outside help to accomplish a goal. And I think think a lot of people are, why do we get so stuck in just not looking for that extra help? Like pride. Yeah. Is that what it is? (laughs) That's what I think. Yeah. I think it's pride. I think it's pride or scared to look silly or scared to look like you don't know what you're talking about. You kind of try to put on a front. Yeah. I've, I've ran into that personally, so. Yeah, that's why oh, I like, said pride. <laughs> yeah, I've run into it Like, too. I should be so good already that I don't have to go do that to get yeah. ready for pro day. Like, and that thought, that thought in the back of our yeah. head keeps us from doing I should, that. I should know that already. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm here where I'm at. I should already know that question. And yeah. sometimes you almost fool yourself into thinking that, you know, it's silly to ask that. So Yeah, yeah. sometimes no, you true. have to humble yourself and realize where your weaknesses are. And people respect you so much yeah. more anyway. Yeah. You know, when you do that. Uh, so, cool. So, then pro day goes really well for you. Uh, and you get picked up by one of Robbie and I's favorite teams, I believe. Uh, the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, so kick I'm us. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so walk us through that. Pro day goes well, and then you you make it to the big show. Yeah. So I, I end up doing training. I went through the uh, training camp with the Cowboys. Um, I had a pretty good um, training camp, and thought I had a chance of making a team. Then in preseason, I end up getting hurt. And especially as an undrafted free agent, getting hurt is something you cannot do. Yeah. Um, they always say you can't make the club if you're in the tub. Which oh, means wow. if you're in a hot tub or a cold tub <laughs> and you're getting treatment and you're in the training room all the time, you're not making the team. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. If you're, if you're not on the field practicing and you're not participating in games, there's no way you're making it okay. as an undrafted free agent. So that's what kind of happened to me. I got hurt, and then they let me go. And then um, that whole season, I didn't get picked up until um, six weeks before the season ended by the Chiefs. They picked me up on practice squad because Priest Holmes had gotten hurt. I don't know if you guys remember Priest Holmes. Mm-hmm. He got hurt, and then um, kind of everybody kind of moved up a roster spot. So then a practice squad opening opened up, and that's that's kind of where I jumped in. Oh wow! Yeah. Do you see? Uh, I know this is kind of off subject a little bit. No, but there's a couple NFL football leagues that are about to pop up. Yeah. One's already popped up. What is it? Uh, the American Alliance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think that's going to give more opportunity for say those guys that are on the practice squad to? Be able to make a living playing football. Yeah, I think I think a lot of a lot of it is when you're on practice squad, you, you have no no game film. That's one mm-hmm. of the biggest things. All you have is practice film for one team. Okay. Yeah. These new leagues, you have some game film. They can see what you're really capable of against other elite athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's definitely going to give an opportunity for guys to just to get to showcase their skills again. Yeah, cool. I'm yeah, I, I think I think uh, with the height of college football, I think they tried it before the USFL yeah. or XFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the Jim, Vince McMahon, I think the height of college football. I mean, the college footballs are basically stars now. And then some of them just can't get an opportunity, but I, th- I feel like they can go to a yeah, no a, doubt. A second, no, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and really be able to carry a team and maybe get that opportunity to go to the NFL or give the NFL some competition. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, get to watch uh, old Jay Manzella. Again. <laughs> I, saw, I saw him scramble for a first down the other day. I don't he, know if y'all saw. Oh, that he still. Not. I thought he got cut by one of those teams. <laughs> yeah, he got, he, got, he got cut from the Canadian Canadian league. league that's yeah. right. Yeah, from the yeah. Canadian uh, league just barred him from the league. Uh, <laughs> the, the Memphis Tornadoes won it in overtime with Jay Manzella last week. I don't know if y'all saw that. <laughs> no, I did but, not. but you know, I mean. <laughs> 
That's his only chance to get back in the game. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's exciting to watch because you can see some of those players that you fell in love with in college, you know, get an opportunity on the field. So I know Josh is excited about watching Manziel. Manziel. I know. I just want to see the kid get his life back together and get him a win. You know, that'll, yeah. be, that'll be good. Kind of off subject a little bit, but <laughs> I just wanted to ask that question. Uh, so, so overcame some adversity there as well, and you end up in Kansas, right? Yep, in Kansas City. And I was uh, – yeah, I was. I, I, that's where I spent most of my career was in Kansas City for five years. And you talk about adversity. That was another thing, being on practice squad. And you know what happens whenever you're on practice squad, though, is you get caught up in, like, the comparing game. Okay. You see guys that are, like, on the roster, and you're like, man, I'm better than that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, no, man, yeah. I'm better than that guy. But it's one of those things you just got to keep fighting, keep fighting, don't give it up, and just go out there working hard every single day and just be prepared for the opportunity when it does come. And that's kind of what happened with me. I was on practice squad, and um, I busted my butt. I was always the first person in, last person to leave. Every single day, I worked. Nobody. My goal was to never be out work. I had to do that because I was like the bubble player. I could get bubble player. I could get cut at any moment. And then, um, so when that opportunity came, they actually activated me. So I made the. I got on the fifty-three man roster. And in my very, this is unbelievable. Kind of my very first time touching the football in the NFL. I scored a touchdown. Oh, nice! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a three-yard touchdown, right? And I was like, I'm going to the Hall of Fame. That was nothing. <laughs> like, I was like, that was easy. I was like, I can play in this league. You know, yeah. um, scored a touchdown, first carry. Um, obviously, that didn't happen, but <laughs> um, I took advantage of the opportunity, and that's what kind of propelled the rest of my career. That, like, Jackie, so much of what you just said, I think, is mindset in any entrepreneurial venture or anything, right? Like, yeah. Robbie, how many times have we sat around comparing ourselves to other fitness models that are, you know, at, we're at 30 units, right? And we're looking at these models that are 1,000-plus, and we're saying – we're better than them. Yeah. Like, our yeah. model makes more yeah. sense. Like, yeah. why are we not there? But then, like, we get one win, and we're like, no, oh, we're international. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was it. That was a tipping point. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, well, awesome. So you uh, you had a, a good run there at Kansas, and then uh, and then what comes next for you? Um, next was San Diego. So I ended up going to the Chargers, and you know what? The, kind of the same thing happened at the beginning of my career. Another opportunity came up while I was with the Chiefs, I was just talking to Robbie about it just before the show was um, Jamal Charles, our starting running back, got hurt. And uh, the Chiefs were trying to figure out what they were going to do with, like, with Jamal out. He was our star player. And uh, so they rotated three different backs. There's three of us rotating trying to fill the shoes with Jamal. But every, when my opportunity came, I took full advantage of that opportunity. Nice. And the Chiefs ended up making me the starting running back. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so I ended up being the starting running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, this undrafted free agent. I mean, it's crazy to, to yeah. think about it. But um, – and then from there, the, the, um, after I retired, I mean, after I, my contract ended with the Chiefs, they offered me a deal. Um, it wasn't up to par. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up leaving for San Diego. I opened their, uh, I, I had a really good game against the Chargers while we played them when I was with the Chiefs. And then the Chargers oh, cool. picked me up. Yeah. So the Chargers picked me up. Um, I played there for one year, and then I went on to Tennessee Titans. So let me ask you about that right there. Yeah. So, you know, you worked your butt off in high school. You, you, and you go to college, and then you go out and you train really hard for this pro day. And, I'm sure we've only scratched the surface yeah. on the the meals you missed out on, the work you put in, the sacrifice, the time you missed with family, like everything you did. But you get that starting position at Kansas. Did anybody ever tell you, or did you like? Were they ever like, "Oh, you're so lucky"? Oh, God, that's, I hate that. <laughs> I've, I've talked to people that I hate that phrase. I'm like, like you lucky. don't know what I gave up for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't tell them to their face, but I'm like, luck had nothing to do with it, man. Yeah. People see the success, but they don't see what's behind the success. Right. They don't they don't see the the story behind the glory. Yeah. And the, they don't understand the sacrifice. I mean, it's an emotional roller coaster, the ups mm -hmm. and downs and then missing birthdays and missing so much. Um, I miss my grandfather's funeral. I mean, that's I mean, that's yeah. how dedicated I was to to this to this goal. I was, I mean, I was, I was 100% focused in on this thing. So when I hear somebody say you're lucky, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk's got an awesome video on that. It's called Overnight Success. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's got a little bit of bad language in it, but of it's super it powerful. And it, it just, <laughs> but, but he talks about just like, you know, uh, yeah, I'm super lucky that I worked really hard for 20 years to get yep. myself in the situation where I did enough things to make connections to even be at that meeting to begin with for that lucky thing to happen. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's just funny. Uh, all right, cool. So what, where do we go after that? Um, so San Diego, on to the Titans, and I played two years with Tennessee, and then I got old and retired. <laughs> that pretty much sums up the NFL. <laughs> and uh, you and Christine, uh, where, where did you guys meet up? Me and Christine have been knowing each other since eighth grade. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. You're going to fit in. Go with me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Robbie and Cassie have been together 43 years this yep. summer, I think. I'm only 33. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to fit in good with us. Yeah. So cool. So she did she do a lot of traveling with you? She stayed yeah. in Houston most of the time? She came. Well, she was at, when she first retired college, she was a teacher. So she taught for two years. And um, in the off, on the weekends, she'd fly up to Kansas City. Um, and then in the off-seasons, I'd come back home to Houston. So we spent a lot of time there. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I spent every off-season back home. And then, uh, yeah, the whole time I was playing, her and the kids would come to whatever city I was playing in. Yeah. So we had uh, Steve McKinney, uh, who played for the Texans. He had about a nine-year career. Uh, you had seven or eight, sounds eight. like, right? Yeah. yeah, eight. So he was right there with you. And then he, he said one of the things in the NFL was they were always trying to teach, especially the young kids. You know, I think the average is like two or three years or yeah, something like that. Two point, so, well, from obviously, it's 2.8. 2.8, yeah. right? So yeah. scary. So yeah. I know what Steve told us is that they're always trying to teach people about Look at your next venture. Start thinking about franchises, stuff like that. Yep. Um, did those seeds get planted in you, and what led you uh, to your current venture with Christine? And, and then tell us a little bit about the current venture. So um, like in the NFL, they do offer a bunch of programs and classes and all this stuff for to get you ready for life after football because, like you said, it's very short-lived. Um, but it's tough because, you know, young guys come in hard-headed and just think they're going to play in the league for 20 years. They don't realize that that doesn't happen. That's not that's not very often. Yeah, and um, but I took advantage of those opportunities. I took I did internships every single single off season because the NFL the NFL will set them up. I did one with the marketing department of the Chiefs. I did two back home in Houston. Um, they offer second. Uh, they offer like I took a business class at the Wharton College of Business. They offer that pay pay for that for free. Oh, cool. Um, so I took advantage of all of the different benefits that the NFL offered us because I knew I wasn't gonna be able to afford those things once yeah. I got out, or I wouldn't take advantage of them if they, if I had to pay for them. Yeah. Um, but a lot of guys don't. You know, everybody thinks they're going to play for 20 years and be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> but see, I think, and that's why I say me getting going undrafted, I, it was a blessing in disguise because oh, yeah. I, I had that mentality like, man, it can be my last day any, any moment, day, yeah. any moment. And I played like, even when I was a starter, I still kind of had that mentality. I was like, I can lose my job at any moment. I barely got this job. That's awesome. Um, so I kept, I always played with a chip on my shoulder and I always kept that mentality like, hey, this could be my last game. Awesome. So, Yeah. So then, so what? So uh, let's talk about uh, philanthropy. So philanthropy. <laughs> philanthropy. Man, I, thought, over here. I thought he was messing with us on that one. You were practicing earlier. You're doing good. The whole way here. You failed like, the test. I was like the whole way here. I'm gonna call it philanthropy. And then I, I even like spelt it out. Tell us about it. How did how did uh, how did you, Christine find it? Uh, yeah, it's a young franchise. Young right? franchise. Yeah. Uh, tell us about it. What's the mission all about? So our mission is we strive to be a, an expression of God's love through prayer, giving, and fashion. And um, I think the emphasis for us is the prayer and giving. I don't care about fashion, obviously, especially women's fashion, but uh, <laughs> at all. But I mean that's part of the business model, and that's what made this a really good fit for me and Christine together because she's obviously a woman who cares a lot about fashion. Yeah, and she's also philanthropic. I'm not saying she doesn't care about the prayer and giving because she, I mean, she she loves both of those as of well. Of course, but yeah. That's what made it a good fit for both of us, where we both can be a business together because the fashion fit her, the philanthropic side fit me. She also fits in the philanthropic side. I don't want to take that from her, but it just that's what made it a good fit for us. So you guys are located on Market Street. On Market Street, yeah. And so t tell us a little bit. I know, like, the back end of the business is kind of neat and the fact that you still have your normal royalties and stuff, but then you're mandated to kind of – are you guys are allowed to or you do give a lot back to the yeah. community as well. So uh, that that's that's a cool franchise concept. When we were talking earlier about finding the right fit, like, yeah. you – like, so if a franchisee went into that concept and didn't like giving back, that would be painful for them every month. But like, it was a good fit for you because you already wanted to do that. It was a perfect fit. Well, and that's, let's, let's back, let's take yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. steps back. So getting into the franchise, um, my wife actually discovered the flagship store. I say flagship, it's just this little boutique in Tennessee. Okay. But she discovered the, the flagship store out in uh, Tennessee when I was playing for the Titans and her and her mom and uh, a friend of theirs like fell in love with it. And you know, I didn't hear nothing about it. I just told me about this cool little boutique downtown uh -huh. they bought a dress from or something. Um, but after I retired, me and my wife took a couple years off and we were like, okay, let's open up our own business. I don't know what it's going to be like. We just know we want to work for ourselves. And we start thinking about franchising because we know nothing about business. Yeah. So we wanted to get into a system because <laughs> <laughs> um, we knew nothing about business. And I, I barely still do now. I'm still learning. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so are Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'm always learning. Yeah. You're yeah. going to have to always learn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but um. So my wife um, brought the idea. My wife's mom, actually, she's like, what about that little shop in Tennessee, philanthropy? So I went on the website and looked at it, and it was weird because the site's different now. Before, they didn't have, they didn't sell products on it. I was like, here's a, a clothing store. I don't see any clothes on the website. So I'm like, what, what is this place? So yeah. 
it was talking about just the mission behind it and ways they give and why they give. And it kind of piqued my interest. I'm like, what is this? Like, what kind of company doesn't sell clothes on their website? So I email, I emailed the lady that owned the shop and basically told my story. And uh, she fell in love with the, 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 idea, the, the idea. The reason why I wanted to join the company had nothing to do with clothes because yeah. it's not about the clothes. That's yeah. kind of our little catchphrase. It's not about the clothes. And um, other people, she, she had gotten inquiries for years about people wanting to franchise, but she felt that we were the right fit. And so I flew up there, met with her. I mean, we prayed together, cried together. She, I, I saw how the store operated. Yeah. And I was like, this is it. Like, that's franchising done right. On, on, <laughs> on, for unit number one, right? Like for franchising number one, that's franchising done right? Yeah. Like knowing what you're getting, like going and seeing her and talking to her and knowing that like, hey, we've had interest and here's what it's going to be in the ups and downs and we think you're a right fit. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that's that's kind of been the whole thing is just being the right fit. And it's cool because having a, a good franchisor is that supports us and wants to see us succeed. It's not all about just getting the royalty check. No, absolutely. Because I'm gonna be honest with you. There's been months I don't know if I can say, it, but there's been months where <laughs> where no, like, yeah. our numbers weren't great, and, and she's just like, "Don't worry about it." Yep. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, this is awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you have to have that, yeah. I mean, yeah. to, to, especially at unit two, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. she knows that she has a lot to figure out yeah. still. And you guys working together, you're truly partners. Yeah, and that's a give and take. Yeah, and and with franchising in general, like for the for her to even take the venture on franchising, you're not going to take money out of it for a long time. Well, she right? and she, that's the thing. She didn't. She franchising wasn't even something that she had thought about. People, she mm -hmm. people would email her all the time yeah. about franchising, and this was like her baby. Mm -hmm. You know, she didn't want somebody to mess up her baby, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yes, and you talk about trust earlier. I think that's what happened. I mean, I went up there, and that tr that trust grew. Yeah. And, yes, she stepped on her face just like we did. Awesome. Right. We have two and a half minutes, so we got to kick it over to commercial break. Uh, anything, anything else you can tell us about uh, either your competitor philanthropy or <laughs> 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 uh, anything else we didn't get to tell uh, the city of Conroe about why they should come check you guys out and kind of get involved? Um, we're, we're a very unique shopping experience. Like I said, we strive to be an expression of gospel through prayer, giving, and fashion. The giving, obviously, because we give a percentage of all of ourselves back to different nonprofits here locally. But the prayer, we have a prayer chapel inside of our store. And we encourage customers to write their prayers out. I mean, our staff prays over them every day. Customers pray over these prayers every single day. So if you have any kind of need, any kind of prayer, or you just want somebody to just to talk with, um, our store is a place to come because we're not about just selling clothes. We, it's, we truly say clothes. it's not about yeah. the clothes. It's truly about um, encouraging people. Bringing, I'd say we're, we're neighborhood hope dealers. We just want to deal hope. We want people to come in, and we want them to leave with a spirit of just hope and joy when they leave our shop. Man, you got me jacked up about it. Like, <laughs> yes. Was... Now I know why she said, hey, you're the right fit for the franchise. No, no kidding. I mean, like, your passion for it's coming through. That's awesome, man. I want to go check it out myself. No, absolutely. You guys enjoy the music. We're going to kick it. it over to a break. Radio. Oh, you're in the business. Well, this is what you need. Rep in Texas. They professionals have been the industry. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or child care? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive, and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936-441-8778. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question, comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station on IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Franchise Radio. You ready? Let's go. Uh, all right, guys, welcome back. <clears throat> all right. You know, it's the most exciting point of the show right here. It's Stump the Chump. Okay, so we got Josh. He's going to take on Mr. Uh, Jackie Battle and Stump the Chump. Let's go. And what Stump the Chump is, basically, everybody knows, our listeners know, and they're excited for it, I can tell. But uh, no, Both of them are super happy right now. <laughs> smiles comments. across their face. <laughs> so um, the rules are, um, I'll each ask each person four questions. You get one point for each correct answer. And if you do not know the answer, the other participant sometimes will be allowed to steal your point. 
in the case of a tie, we have a tiebreaker down here. And the winner will get all the bragging rights. And uh, we lost our hat. So we need to get something for Stump the Chump. We, like. do need, we need a Stump the Chump trophy or something, yeah. Jackie, good luck, sir. Yeah, so <laughs> disclaimer, Josh has never won. So <laughs> we try to keep it that way. So, Jackie, we got we to. Gotta, so the first question. I, I, hope, I hope the first question isn't pronounced the name of his position. <laughs> <laughs> Will, I didn't know you were going to butcher it so bad. I would have put it down here. But uh, so. Um, I'm gonna, the first question is going to go to Jackie. Okay. This NFL team was once the Houston Oilers, but moved to Tennessee. Tight. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> One point for Jackie. All right, Josh. During a rainstorm, a normal raindrop falls how fast? Oh, 117 feet per second. <laughs> Wrong. You know that? 109 feet per second. Seven miles per hour. Which is 117 feet per second. Yeah. If you do the conversion, well, you didn't ask me the you conversion. Didn't, you, didn't ask, you didn't ask it. You didn't say it the right way. It might be. I'm not that good at math. Okay, Jackie. So in this one, guys, there's going to be a different theme. I was telling them on the break. It's going to be about a product, okay. and it's actually a product I use. So, Uh-oh. so as, a two, as of 2016, this shoe has sold over 100 million pairs. I'll give you a hint. This is the all-terrain shoe, and it's popular with small children and dads. It's got it's got holes in it. It's kind of like uh, it's like a water. There you go. My bad. Thanks for the, he's, the tips. He's, he's like, I think I want to say Crocs, but I don't want to embarrass you that bad and assume that you're a Croc wearing dude. So he was so embarrassed. No. He was so embarrassed for you, Ronnie. He didn't even want to answer. I figured I'd put a little bit of my personality Dads in this Small one. children. Dads and small children. All right. So as we all know the theme, uh, so Josh, <laughs> what year did the Crocs launch? Oh man, uh, uh, we'll, we'll say '98, 2002. Oh man. All right, Jackie. So we all know that if you go to your local strip mall or your outlet mall, you can go to a Crocs store. Do we all know that, Robin? <laughs> <laughs> At least I do. I assume that's. I see that's uh I got a pair, don't feel bad. Our fans are really loving the croc conversation. <laughs> All right. So uh with that being said, how many croc stores are open today? Oh wow. Ooh. That's a great question. Is it a franchise or no? I mean I'm, I guess you can franchise, I'm not sure. Three hundred. All right, Josh. It's gotta be more than uh, that. Uh I'll say twelve hundred. All right, Jackie gets that one because it's 400 open. Oh, oh wow. wow. Good guess, Jackie. You know, I do what I can. <laughs> All right, number six. <laughs> this goes to Josh. Um, Crocs Incorporated, they're traded on the stock market. Okay. Okay, with that being said, what do you think the value of that stock is today? Negative uh, $3. <laughs> you actually, if you invest, you lose money. <laughs> Just by putting your money in there. For every dollar you put in, you lose three. <laughs> That's my final answer. <laughs> All right, Jackie. <laughs> oh, shoot. I have no idea. Uh, 12 bucks. All right, Jackie gets the point for that one because that's $25. <laughs> hey, but man, I kept I got... my dignity. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> All right, Jackie. Since you're pretty much uh, the winner, but I'll still give you this one. True or false? Is it in 2019, is it still okay to wear Crocs? Ooh. With socks or without socks? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's okay for kids, but not dads. Oh, man. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> no, uh, that was just a fun one. Um, and the next one, Josh, on uh, the stocks. What is the stock symbol for the croc? That was my eighth What is five. the what? The stock symbol for crocs. The little croc guy. The little croc. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, the, the, oh, the, the stock symbol. Yeah, the stock oh, symbol. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it looks like a depressed 40-year-old man <laughs> that is beat down by his wife and kids every day. He's got the tears coming down his face. Is that it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. It's C-R-O-X. C-R-O-X. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll never need to know that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll try to put a little spin on it, guys. Jackie won. Josh, you're the chomp. Uh, but I try to put a little spin on it today and add a little personality to it. Hope I'm on the chump. This man will, so he'll either wear Crocs and socks, which is a real thing. Oh, or like, you can run into Robbie at times in August where he'll literally have uh, sun, like, like tan circles on the top <laughs> of his feet from wearing Crocs. The most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like, he's got like the all-terrain ones. He's got the dress ones. He's got the yeah. water ones. 
It's embarrassing on on all accounts. <laughs> He's lying. Uh, why the Crocs? Why the Crocs? I don't know. I was just sitting there thinking today, and I no, was no, no. Uh, I mean, why do you? No, that that I can live with. <laughs> why your lifestyle choice to use them? Well, I mean, uh, super convenient, and then also if you look at the Croc, I mean. I, you can run a mile in them. I mean, they're the all-terrain shoes. They're like the they're like the ATV shoes. Are they shoes. considered all-terrain shoes? <laughs> That's what I call. Them. They're like the ATV this, this shoes. This phrase, Jackie, has come out of this man's mouth before. The, I'm going to tell you. This is a true story. I'm not making this up. Like, hey, Robbie, will you come help me lift this? Yeah, let me throw the strap back on the truck. Like those words. Those words have come out of his mouth before. Let me throw the strap back. Well, you got to like get traction. Like he's walking in the four-wheel drive on his on his Jeep, right? Oh, I mean, man. it's true. I mean. And you can get out, you can get in the water, you get out, you know, they don't stay wet, they dry off. You throw the strap back, you can do some heavy lifting, moving, you know. I mean, I, honestly, I don't, bang for your buck, tell me a better shoe. <laughs> right, right now, bang for your, I got a pair right now that's 10 years old, you can still, I can I still did, wear them I did, brand I did go through the five-finger shoe era where I did wear the Oh, no. Place. Yeah, I did it, yeah. Like everywhere? You know, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. The, the, oh. <laughs> Segments die when we're talking about Crocs. No, yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, hey, Jackie, thanks for coming on the show, man. Really meant a lot to no, us. Thanks for uh, having me. I think I think the listeners got a lot of value out of your story. It's very inspiring. It's very motivational. You overcome a lot of adversity. Went through a lot of stuff. Uh, you and Christine have an awesome story. I saw uh, you guys have your your favorite uh, verse here is uh, John three seventeen through eighteen. Uh, there's a whole there's a whole uh, story written on you guys. I'm going to share that blog okay, if you awesome. don't mind, just kind of about you. If you get a chance, if you're in the local area, Conroe, Houston, Woodlands. Go by and check them out on Market Street. Where's it at? It's right behind. Where's that? We're on the Z Gallery side, closer to ATB. We're between oh, okay. the eye doctor and the dentist over there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Well, I know me and my wife are going to go check it out. Oh, yeah. Really enjoyed having you on the show. Uh, all of our listeners, thanks again for the help with the territories. I, now now it's like magic. Now I'm going to make a new map with different <laughs> no, territories yeah. and just tell the people <laughs> of Conroe that I need help. Conroe, congratulations again. You're getting adult life fitness coming your way. It'll be a while, but uh, we're coming. We have a good show planned for you guys in April, so we'll see you back then. Houston, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Texas Franchise Radio, where we bring on all the local franchise experts. If you liked the show, please share it with your friends. If you have any questions you'd like answered live on the show, send them to at Texas Franchise Radio on Facebook. Till next time. Texas Franchise Radio. You ready? Let's go. Uh, Robbie and Josh going live and it's time to hit the road. You were tuned in to Texas Franchise Radio. Oh, you're in the business. Well, this is what you need. Repping Texas, they professionals up in the industry. What we talking about? We talking business models, investing franchises. We going full throttle. Learn about the industry. I know you got the questions. We're trying to help you grow and take it to the next level. Straight up. Franchise operators and the experts. It's time to tune in and expand your network. So let's see how it's all done and how it's operated in the local Texas market. Time to get us educated. Robbie and Josh going live. Time to hit the road. You tune in to Texas Franchise.